Good morning. Does everybody hear me through the, the speakers? Yep. Yep. Good. All right. Hey, Logan, would you do me a favor and grab one of the, uh, what do you call it, schedules for Oregon Family Camp for me? Right out there on the table. Just a couple announcements real quick. We have information for Oregon Family Camp. And it's in the, uh, the physical form. It's on paper. I know I'm supposed to conserve trees. We're out? Of schedules. We have registration. Why don't you check in my uh, briefcase? I got some schedules for the, for the guys. So here's all the information. You got a cover letter. You got registration form. You got family camp information so you're not confused. And if you are, there's always Melissa Parks. You will not be confused. She will help you in your confusion. Also, too, I want you to grab one of these, and I can get more. Guys, uh, I'm going to have them at the men's meeting so you see who's preaching. We have two local preachers in-house. Uh, Brian Bragg is going to be preaching on the rewards of the fear of God. Brethren, I want you to know that I've been listing every Bible verse out on the fear of God on different pages. One page I have, the rewards of the fear of God. There are more references to the rewards and the blessings of God for those who fear him than any other list that I have. That doesn't sound right, does it? Well, that's what I thought too. But when you under, fully understand the fear of the Lord, it's amazing. It's all about loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's our journey this year. Moving from being terrified of a perfectly just God to a God that loves you more than he loves himself. And so we're going to learn that this year. So guess what? Our first preacher is the choice is yours. You will manifest the fears of man or faithful or a faithful man who fears the Lord. That's Ryan. My first lesson two weeks ago, I get home and I was going to be preach that first one. You know, that's what I do to set the stage. Ryan goes, I got a sermon, dad. I want to preach it. And I went, well, let me look at it first. Right? Didn't I say that? No lie. How many of you know that Ryan likes to shoot from the hip? Man, that guy does a good job when he shoots from the hip, right? Man, he's just got stories and illustrations on the point. He had it outlined with, wow. I was like, who are you? And where is my son? And so I got excited. He's fleshed it out. He's ready to go. I'm so you know, the funny thing is, is like father, like son, he laid out the concept of we're going to choose to fear man and all the craziness in the world, or we're going to choose to trust and love God. And that's really what the fear of God is. So we're going to learn this year. Yes. If we're unfaithful to him, should we be concerned? Absolutely. Positively. But how many of you know the truth? Perfect love casts out fear. Can I get an amen on that one? Perfect love casts out fear. Who has perfect love for you? Come on. Man, you guys are asleep. Wake up. Who has perfect love for you? God does. Who should have perfect love for God? Oh, come on. Man, who should have perfect love for God? Well, his children. Thank you very much. Wow, there's a rough crew this morning. I'm glad for those of you who are watching. Man. Okay, here we go. So this is available. Let me know if you need it. Also, too, this lovely calendar. 
I made 20 of them because we have 20 families and there's still about 18 out there. So I'm just saying, there's one for you out on the front desk. All right. Oh, by the way, did you know that today is Sunday, the 15th? Yes. Good. Thank you. One does. This is the day that the men are going to get together for about half an hour in the back room and talk about all the doings of the church. It's the plan. And so uh, when you say half an hour, I don't believe it. Well, there's a bunch of stuff that we took out of the agenda before. So unless somebody else gets on a little preach, we're going to be out in 20 minutes. There you go. I'm not suggesting that people should not get their preach on. I'm just saying. 20 minutes, half an hour, half an hour at the most. I better cover my bases on that one. Uh, uh, college age groups coming up this coming Monday, Wednesday, still at Tamara's. And uh, we have a birthday, by the way. Oh, do we have some more information? Oh, how could I forget? I've been planning that. In fact, I'm letting you know that we're going to teach about the greatest worship team that's ever existed. That's what, that's what this... Ellie, you're looking at me like, what are you talking about, you goofball? <laughs> I love your face. It's so cool. She's like, what are you talking about? The greatest worship team that's ever existed is going to be here on the last Sunday of the month, the 29th. I'm not kidding you. Are you going to be here, Ellie? To, to see the greatest worship team that's ever existed? You're saying, I don't know, man. I need a little bit more convincing. You show up and you're going to experience the greatest worship team that's ever existed. I promise. Scouts honor on God's word. I promise. I got it from God's word, okay? So thank you. Fifth Sunday Rally, the 29th. Be here at 6 o'clock and bring finger foods because we're hosting. Wouldn't it be that we're not the hostess with the mostest if we don't have finger food? So finger food for the back. We're going to sing. And uh, I'm not dancing. We're going to sing. David danced. I don't do that in public. Okay, anyway. So, and then afterwards, we're going to have a great time of fellowship. Oh, and the preacher from Avador is going to bring the Lord's Supper meditation. Okay? Any questions? Did I get it right? Thank you. It's awesome. I was going to do one more thing, and I forgot. Oh, I, you know what, Melinda? I almost, I almost was sidetracked. It says in here, it's your birthday. <laughs> Melinda is the most beautiful 29-year-old woman you've ever seen in your life. Or something like that. How many, have ever, how many have ever eaten any of her amazing meals? Please raise your hand. They are awesome. Now, I have to be honest with you. My wife's a great cook. But when it comes to venison stew, I've never had venison stew like... Melinda's. And so happy birthday, Melinda. Last Thursday night was absolute ecstasy when it comes to venison stew. Thank you very much. It was awesome. So let's sing her happy birthday. 29 or so. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Okay, now you know why I wanted you to listen in. Okay, here we go. Our, our uh, words of encouragement. Encouragement. Jeff, it's so good to see you this morning. 
I hope God continues to heal you. Gabe, from one hero to another. Let's give it up for Jeff. Thanks for being here, man. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh-oh, here we go. Jeffrey D., what a blessing to see you here. What an answer to prayer. Let's give it up for Jeff again. I think we have more in here for Jeff. I don't know. If not, I'll make one up. All right, it's good to see you, Jeff. Sure appreciate you. All right, Liberty's watching. Liberty, this one's for you. I'll keep it in my uh, notebook, but I'll forget about it, so you got to ask for it. Here we go. Liberty, you are a true source of joy and blessing. May God truly bless you as you continue to grow and spread God's love. I, for the first time in my life, with Liberty's encouragement, made my first gingerbread house. It's a classic. I think there's a picture of it coming up at Oregon Family Camp. And uh, I don't know if it's close enough to see the fine detail, but you'll have to ask about the fine detail. There you go. Oh, I guess I'm keeping that one. Sorry. What was I thinking? Lars and Angie, I so appreciate your faithfulness and support in doing the Lord's work. Your presence and your personalities are such a huge and wonderful blessing to so many, including me. I wrote it. There you go. Let's give it up for Angie and Lars. All right. Mr. Johnson, your message was awesome. It looks like Braxton, Max, Mac. There you go. Ty. All right. That's all right. I can kind of tell. Miriam, you're such an angel. We love you. Can I get an amen on that one? Where'd she go? Oh, there you are. I was going, you're not up front. Okay, Jan Dietrich, I know you're watching. Otherwise, this would not have been written. So this one's for you. Pam, I love you too. Uh, Jan Dietrich, we are so appreciative of your staying with us for the weekend to help care for Pam as she heals. Yeah, let's give it up for uh, Dietrich. Woohoo! All right. No, give it to Ken. Ken. Sharon, you are an angel too. We love you, and so do I. Let's give it up for Sharon. Woohoo! I don't know who wrote those, but yeah, they got that one right. Okay, there you go. All righty, now it's time to begin. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew and chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Before we read, I want to just be real honest with you this morning. Someone might say, well, haven't you been honest with us all the time? <laughs> Yes, I have. I was going to say it's the best policy. <laughs> have you ever read the Bible and you go, there's a contradiction in the Bible? Have you ever read the Bible and you go, I'm supposed to fear God and love God? I'm confused. Which one is this supposed to be? I mean, I'm totally confused. Now, not now, <laughs> but I was. How, how am I supposed to fear, be scared to death of this awesome being and still love him with all my heart? I'm sorry, 
But that's how I have believed for a long time. I'm confused. And it bothered me, and it bothered me, and it bothered me. With the craziness that's been going on in our world in the last couple years, and fear, fear being seemingly present a lot in our lives. And the reason I know that is because others have shared with me in private, I'm not going to share who that was, but you know what, if they remember, I said, I am really perplexed and confused as well. All of this, this upheaval. And again, I was talking with the young ladies in Belarus and Poland, and they say some of the stuff going on there was like, well, that sounds like America. It's not just here, it's all over the world. And so I think the devil's pulling out all the stops. What's his major tool? Fear. That's his tool to cause people to run. I loved your example last week. Woo! The birds are freaking out. And then you freak out too. Look, do not be confused any longer. When it talks about the fear of God, if you are living unfaithfully or if you don't know the Lord, well, someday you're going to see him face to face. Everybody is. But here's the beauty of being a Christian. Here's the beauty of being a human being. You have free will. You have free will. If you made a mistake today, you know what the beauty of it is if you're a Christian? You can ask for forgiveness. And as Ryan was saying, you're instantaneously forgiven. You're cleansed. You're free and empowered. Let me quote a Bible verse to you. If you confess your sins to him, he is just. And he will forgive you of those sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You know, he's going to cleanse you of stuff you never even knew you did. That's how great a love that God has for you. In fact, his love is so great for you that he gave himself up for you. I believe Jesus Christ is God. How about you? Jesus loved you more than you love yourself. He gave himself to pay the horrible price of your sin. That's love, man. That's love. And so fear of him is just tiny when it comes to being terrified because he's given you everything. So if you decide, I'm going to walk away today, that's not a good direction to go. But if you understand that he is waiting as a loving father, as a loving husband, as a loving big brother, to bless you, don't go away, don't go away, don't go away. I'll wait for you, but please, you're hurting yourself. Don't go away. That's who he is. How many know the prodigal son? How many know the prodigal son? That father was waiting for that boy. That boy took all that his father gave him and went and spent it on drugs and alcohol and wild women and parties and whatever else it was. We don't know, but we do know he spent it on prostitutes. And, and his dad didn't know where he was. His dad was beside himself. He was waiting. He was looking. And then one day he sees a, a, a figure come over the hill. And he runs to him when he realizes it's his son. The one that took half of his inheritance and squandered it all. He runs to his son. And what does that father do? I can't believe that you did that. 
You no good slime ball, son. I don't know. That's not what he did. What did he do? He hugged him and he kissed him. I know he was weeping when he saw his son because that was me. That was you. That was us. God, when you said, I want to turn this thing around, I want to go home. I want to be loved more, more than I could even understand or comprehend. Because I know my dad will do that. Don't think about your physical dad. Man, you know what? As good as dads do, they're not as good as God. Like God's infinitely greater in his love. He ran out and he hugged me and he kissed me. And you know, when I became a Christian, the burden of my sin was taken off. I was so screwed up. I broke every one of the Ten Commandments and a lot of them, like countless times. All of them. You go back and look at Exodus chapter 20. You go, wow, you are bad. But God is so good and so loving. I fear displeasing him. I want to please him in every respect. Look at all he's done for me. That's what I want. I want my big brother, Jesus, to be proud of me. I want my husband, Jesus, to go, wow, you are the, the greatest bride I've ever had. That's what I want. I fear displeasing him. Are you getting the point here, folks? Do you see the difference? As a Christian... I'm in. As a Christian, you're in. You're his bride. You're his daughter. You're his son. You're his little brother, little sister. Cute little Janelle. You're your little brother, little sister. Do you get it? The fear is not, I'm going to hell. That's not the fear. It's I don't want to displease my husband. I don't I want to please my dad. Do you get it? Do you see it? Don't let churchianity steal the truth from you. The devil wants you to fear men. The devil wants you to fear what's coming on the earth. God wants you to draw near to him, to know he loves you more than you love yourself. He wants you to desire to please him in every respect. That's what this is about. So when we read this scripture this morning, if you've come from a church background where we got to fear God because you're going to burn on hell, that's screwed up. You think I'm a little excited about this? I want you to see that we've been lied to by preachers. Now, if you're outside of Christ, yeah, you need to fear. Draw near to him and he will forgive you. He will fill you. He will give you. Go back. I broke all the 10, a lot. And yet he has given me a position in leadership. I'm undeserving. I'm unworthy. And yet he continues to use me as a tool. You're saying, man, that's a long introduction. It is. Because I want you to understand that what you have been taught about the fear of God is not correct. Do you understand that? I have to tell you, I'm learning about it. 
You know why I want to repent? Because I want to please him. Get the junk out of my life that so hurt him and hurt my relationship with him. I want it out. I want to please him because I fear him. And fear, as my son said, is a reverential awe of his greatness, of his love, of his provision, and an adoration, an adoring of the one who would do that for me. Therefore, I fear displeasing him, not because of hell, but because of his love for me. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? That's not what's being preached oftentimes. So now we can read Matthew chapter 10. Jesus says the disciples not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It's enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and the slave like his master. You know, if they've called the head of the house Beelzebul, devil, how much more will they malign the members of his household? Therefore do not fear them. For there's nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what, you're, uh, what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. You're even more valuable than the Son of God. Is that okay to say that? You're more valuable than Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ laid his life down for you and valued your life more than his. Can I say that? Is that a true statement? Yes or no? How come you're quiet here, folks? You don't believe yet? Well, we got 12 more months to get this thing figured out. And I'm praying by the end, you go, amen, brother. That's my prayer. Then we'll have it right. The devil wants you in fear. The devil wants you in love, or excuse me, the Lord wants you in love. Amen? Can I get an amen on that one? Yes. Oh, thank you. Man. All right. That's a tough crowd. All right, verse 32. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I'll also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. That seems to be a, a contradiction, but it isn't. Verse 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross up to follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Let's grab our lesson plans. We're going to run through that first point, facing the realities of true discipleship in about three minutes. Are you ready? If you were here last week, you got a 20-minute job. Now we're going to do it in three. Are you ready? Bolt, seat belt up, get your crash helmet on. Here we go. Number one, we are hated by evil people. You stand up for the truth, and people are going, you're getting in my way, man. I don't like you because I want to do what I want to do. And you know what? If you have the love of Jesus Christ, I'm not trying to cramp your style. 
I'm trying to help you from a horrible, horrible wreck that's going to destroy your life. I'm not preaching at you. I'm just living my life. And if you see there's value in that, great. If you want to keep living your life and enjoying the consequences of the horrible destruction in your life, okay, that's on you. Look, people are going to hate us when we stand for the truth. But you know what I found real quick, because I have less now than three minutes, is that people have come to me and saying, I so appreciate that you are staying the course. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling in this. I'm struggling in that. Can you, can you help me? Why are they coming to me instead of their best friend? Brian Bragg had a bunch of preacher friends. He came to me. Why? Because he knew who I was. There's power in that. Look at the next one. Fear is real and must be dealt with. You know what? Fear of losing all things. The Bible says that in the past there were peoples in different nations that lost everything because it was taken from them. Fear of, fear of losing all things, that's real. Fear of an economic crash, a depression, that's real. Fear of men doing something really painful to me, that's real. Fear's real. Now, are we going to cower in fear? Are we going to embrace that God is sovereign and knows all things and he is going to provide and protect and lead? Do you believe that? Paul believed that even to his last breath. Even to his last letter, he believed that. Number two, Jesus, or number three, Jesus is the only sovereign. There's nobody greater than Jesus. You think the devil's going to take it to the church? Sorry, wrong. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, you know what he did to the devil? He knocked his head off. That's what the Bible says. I'll give you book, chapter, and verse if you want me to show you. It's book, chapter, and verse. When he died on the cross, boom, the devil is gone. You're saying, well, he sure looks like he's a lot of power right now. Over those who don't believe, over those who are walking by faith, the devil has no power. Literally. Now, let's take a look at the next one. Jesus is sovereign. The fourth one is true discipleship means war. Brethren, look, Jesus came to bring a sword, not peace. Oh, wait a minute. He brought peace between you and his father. But remember... When you stand up for Jesus, there's people that aren't going to like you. All of a sudden, you have enemies that were once your friends. You have friends that are, were once your enemies. That's absolutely true. I've experienced that in my life. Some of my enemies in this world, in this local area, have become dear friends of mine. But once, we were enemies. I go over and I have wonderful fellowship with people in the former Soviet Union. One of them was a soldier. One of them used to want to kill Americans. I remember my dad said, better dead than red, meaning you don't want to be a communist. All right? My dad thought I was a nut job for going over there. I have dinner with and enjoy fellowship with and I'm prayed for as I pray for him every week. An enemy now, my dear brother and friend in Christ. We must love Jesus more than anyone or anything. We must love him more and love him most. Real quick, I wouldn't be a great husband if I didn't love Jesus more and better than my wife. My wife's pretty amazing. I want to do this right. I married up. Did I get that one right? Whew. Man, every time I open my mouth and want to say that, I get freaked out. I married up. 
Love is blind in Sharon's case. I married up. What a blessing. I'm telling you what, it's just so important. But if, to be a good husband, I need to love Jesus more than I love Sharon. Because I'm going to love Sharon all the time, even when there's a struggle in loving her. And like that hardly ever happens. Right, honey? <laughs> no comment. Okay, moving on. Now let's get to the good stuff. Who are you going to fear? Who are you going to serve? And who are you going to love? It's your choice. Who are you going to fear? Who are you going to serve? And who are you going to love? I know that's terrible English, but I'm trying to make a point and make it a little bit more enjoyable. We'll take a look really quickly. Who and what do we really fear? Fear not man and what is happening in this world. Because I tell you, if you fear others and fear what's going on in this world, you're going to back away from the Lord. Whether quickly or slowly, you're going to back away. See, Satan wants fear to dominate your mind. And so that's all you can think about. No, no, instead of praying. I love what you said today. How many times have we neglected to pray? Because we're, oh, oh, oh. I'm just saying me. I'm not talking about you there. Okay, I'll own it. But the reality is, is that's true, isn't it? Don't shake your head. I know it's true. See, so, so I, I need to learn to fear him. Fear only God. And when I say fear only God, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm going to go to hell because he's looking to damn me. You know what? If I sin as one of his children, it breaks his heart. And he wants me so desperately to come back to him. I don't want to break his heart anymore. I don't want to displease him at all. I want him to know how much I love him. Fear only God. We've been lied to before in church organizations about the fear of God. Let's study every scripture on the fear of God and know what it really is. What it really is. By the way, in, in the, and this sounds weird. I don't think we're weird here at Pleasant Hill. But in the bathrooms, we got these cork boards. And I'm going to be putting up consistent scriptures on the rewards of fearing God. And once you understand what that means, you're going to be going, wow, all of this for me? If I will but in reverential awe adore him and want to please him in every respect? Yep, that's it right there. You got it. Now let's move forward. And the sphere that the devil tries to bring in our lives, boom, will just pop right off. It won't even hit us. Now, what about the next one? Who and what do we serve? Serve not man or self. Wait a minute, preacher. Ah, you're not preaching it straight. It says that we're supposed to be the very best workers in the workplace. Read those again. It says, work heartily as unto the Lord, for from him your reward comes. Yes, should you work, be the very best worker at your workplace? Well, of course you should. Why? Because you love God more than anyone or anything. And you're going to be honest and hardworking, and your employer's going to go, wow, you're amazing. Well, it's because of Jesus. I was really a dirtbag before. You wouldn't have wanted to hire me before, but it's because of Jesus that I'm loving to work here and serve 110% principle. And I'm not doing only what you expect. I'm going to do more. He goes, I know, I've noticed that. That's weird. I can't get some people to even show up to work. 
You're here early and stay late. You finish a project. You got a good attitude. What is wrong with you? Jesus is what's right about me. Do you see the power then of who you serve? You got to not serve self. That's death. You shouldn't serve other people like, yeah, they're the sovereign. No, serve Jesus Christ and you're going to serve other people correctly. You're going to serve other people rightly. You're going to serve other people and they will be blessed. And guess what happens? God blesses you back. He who waters others waters himself. You can't get away from that one. Just like you can't get away from gravity. I love gravity. You're saying you do? Well, except for I'm walking uphill. Look, you know what? You can't break this law. If you do, it hurts. There's another spiritual law out there. He who waters others waters himself. Jesus said, Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, overflowing into your lap. For to the, to the standard that you give, so it shall be given unto you. You know what? When you serve Jesus and him only, wow, you can't outgive God. God says this in a couple of places. Try me. Come on. Let's see. Try me. Because he's going to outgive you. You sacrifice your whole life, he's going to sacrifice more. I don't know about you, but that's amazing. You're saying, I don't believe it. Hmm. Step into a right relationship with the Lord and get your faith straight. It is absolutely unbelievable. But the cool thing is, is you'll begin to experience it and then you'll believe. It's true. Well, in closing, who and what do we really love? <laughs> love not the world and the things in the world. Love not the world and the things in the world. You know, when you really love your car, guess who decides to rear-end you at about 40 miles an hour? I don't know, but it's happened to me. I love this little car. It's my Jetta GLI. I was cool. You're saying, you were driving a Jetta GLI and you were cool? Well, I thought so. I had driving gloves. It was awesome. And it was like, you're saying, really? I had driving glasses. I was styling. You're saying, you're kidding me, I'm going to throw up. No, I'm not. <laughs> Don't throw up. I mean, I thought I was so cool. Mine had leather seats. Nobody else had leather seats. Mine was a Wolfberg edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my idol is broken. <laughs> Sorry. I got a little carried away. That wasn't in my notes. If I've offended you, please don't. Please, please. But that happened to me. I was like heartbroken to get my car fixed. It took forever. It's like, oh my, my, my idol is still in the shop. No, not kidding. But it's kind of like that with folks. Do not love the world or the things in the world. This world is passing away. I mean, if you haven't figured that one out yet, please, please don't pray for another year like 2020, 2021, and 2022. Pray for something different. Better. No, no. Pray for better. All right? Who should we love? Love only one. You're saying, now, wait a minute, Bill. It says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his children or his 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 wife or her husband is not worthy of me. It's not saying hate them. It's not saying don't love them. What it's saying is what? 
love Jesus more. Love Jesus the most. And then you'll be a great husband, a great wife, a great child, a great son, a great daughter, a great Christian, a great servant, a great leader. You'll be great because you love him first and he will teach you how to love others correctly the way God designed you to love others. You know what? The choice is yours. Let me go back and encourage you and I'll bring more of these. Uh, in fact, what did I do with it? Well, I probably gave it back to somebody. The very first sermon at Oregon Family Camp. I already know what it's going to be. The preacher told me. The choice is yours. Will you manifest the fears of man or a faithful man or woman who fears the Lord correctly? There's power in that. That's what this year's about. Come and learn and grow and become the people, the children, the amazing human beings that God has called us to be. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I'm thankful that you've answered so many questions about my, my confusion, um, I guess my frustration about fearing God. Really, Father, it, it means so much more than being scared. In fact, once a person becomes a Christian and they understand then what it means to fear God, it really means that we're so concerned about displeasing you. We want to get back in right relationship with you when we understand because we desire to stand in reverential awe of who you are and what you've done and what you've promised to do and what you continue to do. And Father, to adore you, to love you, to lay our lives down before you in service and in love. We pray, Father, that we come to that understanding Yes, if we sin, Jesus is there for us, but we must come to him humbly and we must confess our shortcoming and he will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a loving father, husband, and big brother. Help us to remember, know, and embrace this truth. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all stand and get excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Oh, let's try that again. Jesus said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Now we have a quick men's meeting. Hold me to 30 minutes and help me get there, okay? All right. Schedules out there? Awesome. All right. Schedules for Family Camper out there. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.